1: we've got a a period of time here with ryan and his first year of ownership to go through this off-season process so we need to get with him and give him a download and and get everybody get all of their thoughts after after a few days here and then while we're we're constantly in the front office continuing to plan for the draft and free agency but uh getting everybody else after they've had a little bit of a break here to talk and then what's next
2: Changes for the Utah Jazz. And is it the first of a few, the first of many, the first of several? Where is this going? News breaking last night, Dennis Lindsay is moving into an advisory role. Justin Zanuck, the GM, will now assume day-to-day decision-making powers guiding the organization going forward. And many of you will say, well, how long is that for? Well, welcome to pro sports. <laughs> Why does it happen? What does this mean going forward? How does it impact the negotiations with Mike Conley? How does it impact the NBA draft? What does it mean for free agency beyond Conley? There are so many questions. How much more reshaping will happen in the front office? Will Justin Zanuck be bringing more people aboard? Many questions, not a lot of answers right now. Good run for Dennis Lindsay. Day-to-day decision-making came in. In the wake of the Darren Williams trade, taking over from Kevin O'Connor, moving Paul Millsap and Jefferson and tearing it all down and starting over and getting back to the playoffs in three years, winning three playoff series in the last five years, and how to take the next step now. So many questions, and we've got all morning to get to them, all day here on The Zone. Uh, I think if you go big picture, you got to say that there are uh, – multiple multiple reasons you get to this point on the path you know there are a lot of them and if any one of them changes does that really change the outcome or is this where he's destined to go we were talking last week about not knowing what Ryan Smith would do what he would value how quickly he would want to move what kind of owner is he going to be and so we get the first hint on that PK but still those questions about Ryan Loom with all the questions looming going forward Try now. Johnny.
3: (laughs) Nothing. There we go. How about now? (laughs) Yeah, I don't have any particular questions, though. I mean, he's going to own the team and make changes along the way. From the fan perspective, what does it matter? And nobody cares who's calling the shots as long as the shots that are called are good. Right? just I'm, win baby I'm a fan and so what difference does it make who's in charge who's up burning the midnight oil it, as long as they're making great draft picks and get an opportunity to be in the mix for free agents and and uh, whatever that means high profile middle profile lower profile you name it uh, I don't really see where this is beyond oh okay from the fan perspective what does it matter? As long as you bring in quality guys, and if you don't, well, then yeah, then it's going to be a big deal. And there, and then you'll have more change. And then you look at what what's a quality uh, front office person. I look at myself as a back office person, so uh, it's like recruiting. You're going to miss. That's a guarantee. You're not going to hit on a whole bunch. You got to hit on enough. And so going forward, the can they maintain a quality level team that's going to be contending? That's really all the fan cares about, unless I'm wrong. What all the other stuff? Okay, that's it's all up to you. Decide whatever you want. And then we'll judge you on the product on the floor. It's a great thing about pro sports, you know. The record shows what it is every season. Every season you're evaluated based on your record and what you do in the regular season, what you do in the postseason. Here, regular season was outstanding. The postseason was decent, but obviously not good enough.
2: Right? Yes. Not good enough. Okay. And is that is that why this is happening, or is there other
3: stuff, or it comes down That's, to it I, all adds up? I don't really care about that. <laughs> Too much soap opera what, for you? What difference does it make? From, from the fan perspective, what difference does it make? I speak for the fans.
2: I suppose the fans love to get caught up in some of the drama. And some fans th- feel like drama? they have some tie to Danny Ainge. What? What
3: drama is Although that? Although I
2: don't know, you know, if you're not going over to his house for dinner, what do you care? Do you really have a tie to him? How do you figure this is drama? I don't I don't figure it's drama. It is what you make of it. I mean, it's. Not, I get that it's not to some people. I think some people are shrugging and like, well, tell me if Conley's re-upping.
3: Yeah, I that's, mean, that's the whole point. And I, and I totally get that. I did it. Drama? It's hey, drama. It's funny. Like with I mean, BYU football for all those years, or even Utah, if an assistant coach leads, we view that as drama. That that happens all the time. Yes, and this happens all the time. Yeah, so that's why.
2: By, by NBA numbers, I think Quinn's had a long run. So, well, I mean, not Quinn. Well, Dennis has had a long run. Well, Quinn according- said Quinn was just doing the thing where he said, you know, he figured out you throw out the high and the low. You know the interim coaches and the Popoviches and the average coach last two and a half years. Right. So he's had a long run, and I think the numbers would say the same thing about Dennis. So how does that equal drama? Because I don't think in, drama. in, in Utah we expect everyone to go 15 or 20 years, yeah, which think. isn't the industry average by any means.
3: No, that's why this yeah. is not drama to me.
2: I, I sort of shrugged. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 12:80 in the Zone. More on this coming up. More on the NBA right now.
0: Hashtag NBA. Connaughton baseline out
1: to Tucker. Middleton for four threes in a row. Why not? Chris Middleton hits again. What an explosion by Middleton. Middleton against Gallinari. Going to work again. Lifting, shooting. Got it! Why not? Middleton makes it a 10-point game. 1-12, 1-0-2, 1-12, 1-0-2, he has 38. Chris
2: Middleton, big time down the stretch, 38 points, 11 rebounds. The Bucks were down by 7 with 7 minutes to go, and yet had 1 by 11. They dominated the end of that game, a 25-7 run to close. Now they're up two games to one on the Hawks. Antetokounmpo had a big night too, but overshadowed by Middleton's shooting performance there in the fourth quarter.
3: Yeah, he get hot. Yeah, good for him, man.
2: Audit Dekampo finishes with 33 points and 11 rebounds. You got a lot of confidence in Milwaukee now, or it's uh, first one to four, and you're not signing off on anything. You ready for more twists and turns?
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I have one confidence in one versus the other. If that's what you're asking, I mean Middleton got extremely hot, and that that's great for for the Bucks, obviously. You know what? Is he going to do it again? What was he? he had been averaging like 15 points a game, wasn't it? Something like that in the series. So he's supposed to continue to do that. I mean, so this is an example. Middleton was the uh, 39th pick, so he's in the second round. Who's the brilliant GM that drafted him? <laughs> Nobody knows, you know. Uh, and In Milwaukee, they know. Uh, so that's why I don't think the other thing is drama. You got a nice player here drafting 39th. Get a nice player when you draft 39th. 2012 would
2: have been before Justin Zanuck went there, so it'd be funny if dance were Justin Zanuck. He was there for two years, but that's later. It wasn't that early. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. Tonight, the Suns try to close out the Clippers game five tonight. That game. Got stuck on seventy one seventy Saturday night for the longest time. And the Suns finally able to eke out the win right there. That was uh, could you feel the pressure, all the tension down the stretch there as the Clippers tried to tried to tie that series up and nobody could make a basket. Lids yeah, lids I, on both of
3: them. I saw the tension the tension when Monty Williams called a timeout and then they had a dunk for Andre Eaton. <laughs> Please get the ball to Andre Eaton if you're not hitting your outside shots. How many times do I gotta tell you? Are you going to pay attention? Are you going to listen ever?
2: Apparently, Monty's listening to you. Yeah. You have more credibility in the Valley of the Sun. Doesn't make any sense.
3: Your voice echoes through that valley. If you're hitting your shots a la Chris Middleton, fire away. But if you're not, get eight in a dunk. Yeah, get him the ball. I said it after game four, three, I guess it was. Now I say it again. And then watching that game, and yeah, Clippers were 0 for 12 with a chance to uh, either tie or take the lead. And there's something like three of 21 in that situation in the game i don't think they have a player of the caliber of ayton in the middle there they don't seem to run anything for zubac they just uh take him and you know whatever junk he can accumulate that's great uh but Ayton's is a player and he's coming into his own clearly he's developed now you know this is his third year he gave chris paul a uh, lot uh, of credit uh, uh and then that, that's fine yeah, I would give whoever uh, on that dunk uh, to win the game. I'd give Jay Crowder credit, <laughs> and uh, on this one, give Chris Paul. But he's he's developing into a player, and you've got to take advantage of him. He can't just be an offensive rebound guy, or uh, in a situation where they were they you know they watch a defensive assignment. I think he's got to be looked for, particularly in situations where the ball is not dropping. And on that seventy-one seventy, that's exactly what the situation dictated.
2: Portland Trailblazers announced the hiring of the Clipper assistant coach Chauncey Billups. He'll be their new head coach. He gets a five year contract. He'll be introduced officially tomorrow. And now, Damian Lillard. What about How are they gonna build around him? How are they gonna break through to the next level? Out in the first round five times in eight years. I don't know what they are. Yeah, I agree. Unless there's some big personnel move out there, right?
3: Well that that move has to involve him. So you're asking, building around Lillard. Now, if you trade Lillard, you're not building around him. I don't know that they... But, you know, it's hard to say ever, never, and those types of things in pro sports. Two, three years can make a massive difference. So you really don't know. But right now, as we sit here this morning, I don't see much difference going forward. They have a nice team, and they're but, destined to lose in the playoffs every they're, year. they're in the West, and nice team's going to get you beat in the first or second round. Yeah, I don't round. know that they have a good enough team in the East either. Uh, I, I just don't know that they're deep enough. I don't know what their overall talent level is that can go beyond what they've already achieved. It's not like they've underachieved. I don't think they've underachieved by any stretch. You know, maybe they're pretending on a particular matchup they can win a, a, a round. A couple years back, they got it beyond that. I would look to to move him. I would look to move anybody, though, in the right deal. It's just that the better the player, the more difficult the right deal exists.
2: Billionaire Philip Anschutz has agreed to sell his 27% stake in the Lakers to two of the Dodger owners. The 81-year-old billionaire selling to Mark Walter and Todd Bowley. $1.35 billion. That's their stake. Which means the team is basically worth about $5 billion, ballpark. Well, over four or under five, I guess. That's a pile
0: of cash. Sure is, yeah. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Shohei drives that one left field. It's well struck. Tracking to the wall. Gone. 25. Incredible. Grossman waiting on the first offering, on the way, bunting, Badeau coming home, flipped to the plate. not in time, head first slide, Tigers win, the safety squeeze, and the Tigers
4: walk it off. Going into this, once, once it came up, I was just like, I'm going to use rosin, that's what that's what we got, I don't want this to be a big thing, I don't want this to happen to me, so, um, and he said he just felt some stuff sticky on the inside of the glove, um... So all I used was rosin. I mean, I used it on both sides, arms, sweat, trying to keep that sweat from dripping down to the hands. I mean, that's the only thing I, I, I use rosin. That's about
2: it. I only use rosin, PK. That's what he said. Hector Santiago, Mariner's reliever, becomes the first MLB pitcher ejected during the sticky substance crackdown. They won the game 3-2. to two. But that's it. 85-90% humidity. He used rosin. What they said. Shohei Ohtani home run number twenty-five on the season. That ends the Angels' five-game losing streak as they beat the Rays six to four. So, is Ohtani gonna uh, gonna just mash now. Are you one hundred percent in on this guy at the plate?
3: Yeah, they, he's put together a fine season. You know, he's had injury, and he needed development. He needed transition time. You know, I would have been shocked if he would have come over and been a superstar immediately because he was a younger guy. Some of the other guys that have come over have been older. And so they've had a number of years to establish themselves in the Japanese league, which, you know, I don't study that league, but it's obvious the premier players in that league are pretty good on any level. We've seen that through a number of guys. He was a much younger dude, relatively speaking. And you're probably going to see that more often, the younger guys. Because there has been a precedent now. So now, when a, a, a star Japanese player comes over and has a level of success, whatever that success level is in the ARM big leagues, it's not really an uh, eyebrow raiser anymore. So, yes, as long as he stays healthy, he's putting together a fine, fine season. I mean, he's going to be an all star, he's going to be attraction, he's fresh, he's new. And all that stuff. It's fun to watch him. He's one of the younger guys in the big leagues that you want to watch. So I expect him to continue to play very well to answer your question.
2: Oakland beats San Francisco 6-2. Giants were going for the sweep. They don't get it. They give up a game to the Padres and the Dodgers. Dodgers beat the Cubs 7-1 as Clayton Kershaw strikes out 13. And Fernando Tatis with a go-ahead double as the Padres beat the Diamondbacks
1: 5-4.
2: Padres wrap up a homestand going 9-1 and one in the 10-game homestand. They are, they are crushing it at home, but uh, the road's been a little bit more of a challenge. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners need to
3: know that.
1: Yes. <laughs> Thank you for that. You're welcome.
2: The walk-off bunt. You don't see that every day. Heard that in the highlight montage right there. Tigers beat the Astros 2-1. Robbie Grossman bunning home the game-winning run in the 10th inning. little chance to play small ball with a runner starting at second base. Whatever it takes. DJ and PK. Hashtag
0: RSL.
2: So many chances, but only one goal. RSL splits the points with the Houston Dynamo. A 1-1 tie. Outshot him 21 to 7. Shots on goal 13 to 2, but only put one of them in the back of the net. Frustrating, PK. Got to convert more opportunities than that. Well, but at least for you, it wasn't pointless. Nice. Got a point. Yeah. As opposed to getting nothing out of the trip to Seattle. Right.
3: According to their coach, that was pointless. And I agreed completely.
2: RSL will be back in action Saturday night hosting LAFC at Rio Tinto Stadium. DJ and PK.
0: This is awesome. I mean, the fans were keeping us in it, um, getting the juice from them. It, it, it's been awesome, really, all afternoon. And uh, hats off to Kramer. What a competitor. Uh, we were both grinding out there, making making those six, seven-footers, and that's what it all was all about. I mean, we were, we were grinding and uh, trying our hardest, and, and went seven holes or eight holes. I don't know how many went, but uh, that was incredible. What, a, what an experience, and um, the fans are awesome. Um, they're always great here in Hartford, and... Glad we got to give him a little little show at that. Golf.
2: Harris English at the Travelers Championship, beating Kramer Hickok in an eight-hole playoff. Harris English wins for the second time this season, but that's not the story. Tied for the second-longest sudden-death playoff in PGA Tour history. There were putts to win it that burned the edge. There were pressure putts to keep it going that went right in the heart of the hole. That was pretty entertaining, PK.
3: Yeah, eight, and then it became, as it continued, uh, you know, what is the record? And, of course, they put the graphic on television that I think that's the sixth time it's happened. Uh, The record is 11. Yep. Yeah, if this was college football, we would call that eight overtimes. (laughs) Yes.
2: (laughs) Longest in 35 years, the 11-hole playoff was back in 1949, and that one was declared a tie. They were co-winners at the old
3: Motor City Open. Yeah, they were running out of daylight there back east, obviously. And it was fun to see, man. The uh, Kramer, crowd chanting his name, 29 years old, so he's not that young. Uh, A roommate of Jordan Spieth's when they were at the University of Texas before Spieth took off. Kramer stayed there all four years, I believe, and actually got a degree. And he saw his wife, he's recently married, and so he was somewhat of the underdog. Harrison which may not be a big name on the tour, but I think he's an established name. And so he got the job done. And, and it was fun to have the fans. You know, I was thinking about wow, that would have really sucked if the fans weren't there like they weren't able to be for so many times over the last year or so. But the fans being there, and you could see from the blimp or the helicopter, whatever it does, after each hole, the fans running to the next one. So that was fun to watch. Uh, and it... And then once you're in, at, if you joined it, say you were watching it, you probably stayed with it, but if you joined it at like hole one or two, how did you turn off? You couldn't have turned off. No. You had to stay I to came the conclusion. To it. I
2: came to it late. I think yeah. they were at uh, 16 or 17, and you had to. And it was fun. And I was at work, and there are other golf fans there, and everybody's laughing and roaring.
3: And we're all waiting for the news to start. Nope, they're going another hole. That's another 15 minutes. Yeah, and and Nance was right, and he said you want it to end on a bird, not on a bogue. Yeah. And that's the way it did.
2: All right, DJ and PK, that is what is trending, brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. We are broadcasting live this morning. Golf tournament for the Salt Lake Chamber at Jeremy Ranch. We are joined now by Jake Hanley. He is the head golf pro here at Jeremy Ranch. And Jake, when people find out what they do, are are they a little jealous? (laughs) I know when people find out what we do, they get a little jealous. I wonder if that happens to you too.
1: It it does happen from time to time. It's pretty cool when you get to do what you love and when it's based around golf, it's even better, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. So what's going on here today? Yeah, we got Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce here today. Got beautiful weather, golf course in great shape, two shotguns, it's gonna be an awesome day.
2: So it's all about the lack of rain, the drought, and all of that, and the high heat. And uh, does the heat bother the course at all? Or you're up high enough, you're not getting the worst of it? And you talk to pros at other courses without the elevation; it's a different deal for you.
1: It, it, it is a little bit of a different deal. We're still in the high 40s, low 50s at night, which helps us out quite a bit. And we're seeing you know high temps in the mid 80s versus 100.
3: What what heat?
2: Yeah, I know. You're from Phoenix. You don't want to hear it. <laughs> he, does, he does 117. He's like, ah, I don't
1: want to hear about I it. I heard it was 115 in Canada yesterday. Uh, I know Portland had a
2: 111-degree day. It was supposed to get to 114 in Portland. So Yeah,
1: yeah. unbelievable heat the, all over the place. There's a
2: heat dome oh. over the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I guess.
1: Yeah. Not, it
3: hasn't been 100 degrees here, right?
1: What, wasn't in, it like a week in, ago? No, in, oh, here. Oh, here, here Jeremy. In Utah, but not in oh, Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy Ranch. No, it. it yeah. We we go to eighty-five and it's sunny right. every day. Right. It's so just perfect. Well, play yeah. ball. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Grass is growing. Birds are chirping. Yeah. Sun's so for out. people who haven't been up here, give them your favorite hole. Yeah, absolutely. So my favorite hole would probably be hole number five, and. Reason being, we had dinner here with Arnold Palmer back in 2000, and Mr. Palmer, he said his favorite hole was number five. And I said, Well, why was that? And he said, There's so much character to it. It's a hole that you can remember, and it, that always stuck with me. I've, I've been up here at Jeremy since 1996, and Mr. Palmer's a hero of ours, you know, sure. here at the club, of course, and this is a signature course. It's the only one in Utah, actually. Um, I think the, the most common answer is probably hole four or 18 here. Um, beautiful holes. We've seen great championship finishes on 18 here, but uh, hole five for me. Yeah. How about you?
2: I only played it one time. Yeah. So, Yeah. Which is for the par three that you hit down, down the, green. the hill. I had a little problem there. <laughs> Good tee shot, gagged a three-foot putt. Oh, I know. That can
1: happen there. That oh, it happens, did. And it, it did does. to me. Yeah. yeah.
2: So what is it about five? Could you Just describe it to the listeners a little yeah, bit.
1: Yeah, so it's down the hill in a valley. Uh-huh. Um, it's kind of separated from the other holes on the golf course. There aren't any homes on it. Um, it's beautiful. It's it's a nice wide landing area for your tee shot, and then you've got a little bit downhill uh, approach, and then you get to the green, and that's kind of where the fun really begins. Um, it's, it's got some undulation to it. And it's just got a lot of character to it. Okay. It's a beautiful hole.
2: Well, we appreciate you having us up here, and good luck with the tournament today. Great how many to tournaments see you guys again? How many yeah. tournaments do you have over the course of the summer?
1: So we'll have eighteen this year. Okay. Last year we had twelve, and we hosted the state am, which was great. Kind of moved that back into September, where typically you see it in June. Um, but we're we're full force again this year, every Monday, and
2: yeah. All right. It's going
1: to be a great great season.
2: All right. Well, have a good summer. Thanks for having us up here. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Good to see you. Appreciate right. it. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are broadcasting live from Jeremy Ranch this morning. That's Jake Hanley, the head golf pro here at Jeremy Ranch as the Salt Lake Chamber shows up for their annual tournament. All right. We will be back with the question of the day on the way. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Big Show Show.
0: with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson.
2: From the athletic, he's our friend Sam Amick. Mike Conley is a free agent for the first time in his career. How big a factor would his health be in deciding whether or not you want to be in the Mike Conley business? You
3: talk to your sports science people and and just gather all the evidence that you want regarding his own personal history with injury and trying to essentially
0: predict if you invest X amount of money, what percentage of the time can you reasonably expect him to be on the floor? Good luck getting that right, but he's coming off a very good year. I truthfully don't know what the market's going to be elsewhere for money for Mike. always going to come into play. But to me, a hamstring, you know, it's going to recover. And they're obviously a lot better with them. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. In the Zone Sports Network.
2: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for the question of the day. PK, you had a busy day on Facebook, man. You're getting after it. You were putting up one after another. Good work. Or three. Started with the youths got commitments from two California high school quarterbacks. Have the youths broken through? Followed it up with, I think the Clippers got another one left. One more comeback, one more win, extend their season. They're facing elimination tonight. And then with the news breaking late last night, Dennis Lindsay transitioning to an advisory role for the Jazz. Justin Zanuck will continue to run the day-to-day operations. What do you make of it? We got three questions. You got a favorite you want to jump in on? Well, I think you go with the news there, buddy. <laughs> Dennis Lindsay, calling the shots 2012, but going into the advisory role now, much as Kevin O'Connor did when he left the Jazz.
3: Yeah, I'm interested in what the fans think of this because from my perspective, okay, great, fine. I don't care who's calling the shots. I care what the shots are called. And
2: if they add up to W's. Yeah.
3: If I, and I, I believe I represent the fans. I've never played the game. I'm not an ex-player. Uh, I'm not a pretty face. I'm not a host. Uh, I'm just a guy who talks. And so I'm like the fan. And to me, from a fan perspective, what do I care? But... Everyone has their own opinion, and maybe the fans think that this is a big deal to them. Some
2: fans attach themselves to uh, personalities. Jeff says, that's dumb. I want Dennis to stay put. And then uh, Jacob says, Danny freaking Ainge.
3: Thomas, clearing room for Ainge. Of course. I mean, if you don't want us to acknowledge that, then we can just ignore the 800-pound gorilla (laughs) if you want If if that's what you're looking for and don't acknowledge what everybody else is thinking. Obviously, there's a connection there. We've known there's a connection there. Uh, So make of that what you want. And if that should come to that, I would go with the same line of thinking as, all right, fine. How good are you going to do? I mean, I believe Justin Zanuck can do the job just as well as anybody because there's no certain thing that you need to meet to be able to be good at this job you have to have experience and Angel, whomever has experience justin exanic has experience dennis Lindsay De- had experience dennis lindsey o'connor had experience yeah. yeah so you know you're not going to take somebody's friend just because they're your friend and move them into that position right that doesn't work we've seen that with jordan and what we've heard in his positions of hiring his friends and washington and charlotte they've sucked for a long long time so from that perspective sure don't do that Uh, you don't want to do that but you you have once you own the team i view it like a head coach in college the head coach in college in my mind deserves to have pretty much whoever he wants to have on his staff which is why you end up with a lot of head coaches who hire their brothers let's call it like it is they have their brothers or they have their sons on the staff I'm guessing the Reed who got in the trouble here and had been in trouble probably not is going to be an NFL coach unless his father was the head coach maybe I'm wrong uh, but you see that and we see there here with Utah they have a brother what he with zero experience at that particular job, would he have gotten that job without his brother? probably not, but that's
2: the way of the world would Kyle made it out of Idaho State the way he did if Fred weren't on the staff?
3: connections matter relationships matter you can yeah i don't remember at that time, so i I, I think he would have made it out of Idaho state i don't think thirty years later he 'd still be coaching it at it out of the state uh, but at that time, so you deserve to have who you have I remember when Majerus was pushing out Judkins and what are you doing this guy's a, a local legend in a sense you know played there played locally was a, I think it was like all-state and multiple sports when he was in high school went there was a great player played the NBA comes back and even though I thought it was an extremely raw deal I still sort of took the idea of, well, Majerus gets to have who he wants. Because these are such uh, high-profile, intense jobs. So, in this case, it's the same thing at the pro level. I mean, you see a number of sons who've been on staffs. Frank Layden had his son on his staff. Yep. Right? Colangelo. Yeah. Did the same thing. My father, when he was a janitor, he brought me aboard. And I was an assistant janitor. Now back to the NBA, Bickerstaff. True story. Another name. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't, well, I didn't know. Well, he needed help. Oh, okay. And I helped him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I told you that story when we were... It yeah, was you did night. now. Yeah, right. And it was a bank office building, not a bank bank where you make deposits and stuff. And the security guy is training a new guy, and it's like 9 o'clock at night, and he says... He's telling people, showing people this new security guy who the people are, and he sees us in the hall. Those are the janitors. Like those are the scum. Those are the lows. That's stuck with me all these years. Yeah, you've told this story before. <laughs> <laughs> all these years later, that 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 stuck with me. Uh, so uh, those things happen, and at this level, uh, if Ryan Smith wants to hire man, woman, X, Y, Z, so be it. Fan perspective, if you make great picks and make great moves, whatever those moves are, and your ball club is winning, great. If not, you can hire a complete stranger who has a hundred years of experience, and if that person doesn't make good moves and the ball club is losing, you're gonna face heat. And conversely, you can hire somebody with no experience, and if that person makes great moves, and the ball club is winning, you're going to get lavish praise. Simple as that. Just win, baby. Now, from, from the fan perspective, I believe that's all the fans really yeah. want and all they really care about. Now, I, I don't think it's just win, baby. I don't, I don't, I don't agree but with that. But that's the biggest piece of the puzzle. Right, but you, in this community of especially, and, and you can go across the board, you, they've got to be decent people. They can't be and, running and people around doing stupid that things.
2: That's true. And people want to feel like they know them and mm.
3: want to have that glow. That's our guy. Oh, they, they think they know them. I was talking to some Agreed with that, yeah. somebody uh, out to dinner on Friday asking me about Conley, and she said, Oh, it seems like they, you know, they, they just have great relationships w- one with another. I look at her, so what? And they got bounced in the second round. Would you rather have them hate each other and play in the NBA Finals? Yes. So, I mean, we play up that. These are great guys, and they get along, and, and that's, that's nice. But what does that really matter? They lost to the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. How much of their great friendships matter? Went through that a couple years ago, too.
2: Everybody had the the feel-good and the
3: hugs. That's nice.
2: Yeah. But in
3: the end... All the guys go to dinner. Remember that storyline? We heard that a few times. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I think that's a little hokey, and I think in our community, the fans are so perceived as tight. They're tight in their passion. They're not tight in their relationships. But they think that, that that matters, and sure, that's nice. But, you know, years later, what does it matter? I mean, are these guys uh, palling around with each other, all those guys from the two finals years, are they tight with each other now, or do they occasionally see each other or talk to each other? Or maybe they are tight, and maybe, maybe they've maintained long-distance relationships, but everybody eventually goes their separate ways. So I just want the team to win. And if that comes along with it, great. But if it doesn't, and I suppose it really can't, there's got to be some of that it has to go hand in hand. So I understand that. Uh, but I think that's overblown a little bit. Get along on the floor and be okay with each other off the floor. You don't have to be best of friends. But find ways to win. And that's what's most important. And Justin Zanuck, hes it's not like he's stepping into a situation. He's already there. Assistant GM for
2: two years, GM for two more years after that. It's not like he's got to be introduced to everybody.
3: He knows knows the names and faces. And I like the idea of continuity. Dennis made a statement last week uh, after they, uh, I guess it's a little over a week now. Uh, They got beat on that Saturday. He talked about we err on the side of continuity, which I think is important. Because if you have continuity and you have a good team, then it stands to reason the next year you're going to have a good team again. Don't make change for change's sake. That's the one thing that has always bugged me at the pro level. I I just don't understand the change for change's sake. I understand change to try to improve. May not, but that's the intent. So you've
2: got continuity here. So roll the dice and make the bold move if you think it's going to push you over
3: the top. If you go to that extreme, there's levels of trying to improve. If you just took it to the highest level. And that's fine, too. Sometimes you have to be, if the situation presents itself, to be extremely bold. Sure. That's great if that's, if that's there for you and you think it's the right move. Yeah. Uh, but to me, this situation causes me no angst. It doesn't cause me to be more interested. It doesn't cause me to be less interested. You know, yeah, I think what makes it m- people
2: more interested here is that we don't have the NFL and Major League Baseball. And you follow all those teams in Arizona, and it's not that a change there isn't a big deal, because it is, but you're also distracted because the next season's already going on when somebody does something there off offseason. And if that next season is going well, that eats up a lot of time and interest. And so some of that stuff is a little more under. Here, if the Jazz do something, it's huge news. It's not going to get buried because there's a big NFL game going on or, you know, the NFL team in town is having a
3: big season. That's exactly true, yes. They are the number one story whenever they choose to be the number one story, and that's more often than not. They are the dominant team, absolutely, and they're the dominant organization, and uh, we obsess over every little thing, which is rightly so, given our market and what we have in our community So yes, so it is. This is big, big news. I agree on that, but the new the result of the news doesn't cause me any level, and I use the word anxiety, not in the real world level, but in sports anxiety, like following the team. Yeah, I because you already have someone there, and okay, and yeah, so um, we've heard stuff, you know. Stuff is out there. We've been around you and I, speaking specifically, and others on our station have been around for years, and so we hear. And you can't go run to the microphone every time you hear something. This isn't, uh, you know, where everyone lives in perfect harmony. Uh, so it's too there's competitive. Some, there's tension. It's this, too. Um, it's too. It's too know. competitive. There's too many decisions being made. Yeah. Why did we draft another big guy? Big guys are being phased out. I mean, go back and pull back the curtain a little bit, and hopefully people don't get upset about that. But, you know, we heard that at the time of the draft, why, why they're drafting another big guy when big guys don't seem to have the level of importance that they used to have. Uh, but then I, I don't know if I can call it conflict uh, because that might be too strong, nor do I think if you call it conflict that that's necessarily unhealthy. Well, I don't think that there was no conflict
2: for a long time, and then there was conflict, so this happened. That isn't the way. That isn't the way it works. There's conflict all along. You can't put a bunch of people in the room for draft, trade, free agency, buyouts. kind of have the four, you know, phases, and they each have their own time on the NBA schedule. You can't have all those decisions and have everybody on the same page. See, all that's the time. But, that,
3: but I hesitate to use the word
2: conflict.
3: I, I get that. Disagreement? That's not nece- disagreement. varying opinions. Varying opinions, yeah. yeah. That's not ne- just because it, you but, think one way, I think the other way. Not, that not, that's yeah. not the definition of conflict.
2: But it, it's not just that. It's also working together and coexisting day to day. And it's, it, there, there's a wide range of stuff. I mean, it's just, it, it's a wide range of stuff.
3: Yeah, but I, I don't consider that necessarily conflict. There's varying levels of yeah. conflict. Conflict, just a disagreement or a different opinion that's not conflict you have that all the time Uh, and 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 to a degree i think that's healthy you don't want yes man either that's not going to help you so dennis into an advisory
2: role do you think down the line he's young enough we see him running another nba team how old is he i want to say mid 50s we'll have to look it up 52 is what yach just threw out there
3: you know that yach you're throwing out another
0: reports last night say he's 52 years old
2: 52
3: well, that seems awfully young to just yeah, correct. dip in, uh, you know, a week before the draft. Oh, here's what I think. Thanks for calling by. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, also, there's a lot of wiggle room. Just like there's a lot of wiggle room in the word like conflict, there's a lot of wiggle room in the word advisor. Some advisors are way more plugged in than others and spend more time than others. I mean,
3: you got the proverbial spend more time with your family. You're, your family's older now. Yeah. The kids are. How much time do you spend with your kids? Yeah, <laughs> whatever I can get. <laughs> i mine's not zero. as much. Not as much, but I have an unusual situation. Yeah. Uh, so I just okay. I read that and thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of canned. Uh, but I don't know that, and if that's imp- whatever, it, best of luck to him. Whatever he decides, yeah. I'm fine. Well, other people way. in that
2: role, I don't know. You you travel. You do have more time for year two. It was just at uh, BYU Media Day. Um, Daryl Funk, the new old line coach, didn't coach last year and had more time to reconnect and do all that. And then he said, man, my wife is ready for me to get a job and coach again. So, I mean,
3: forever? I mean, a year or two? Uh, wasn't he with BYU last year, unpaid role?
0: That was Kevin Clune. Oh,
3: okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I have no idea how old Daryl yeah. Funk is until they hired him. I'd never heard, heard of Daryl Funk. Him. Yeah. <laughs> so.
2: All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. PK with the three questions up there, the NBA playoffs, college football, still to get to those. Stay with us. We'll get to all of those coming up. Also coming up later this morning, Shane Young, NBA analyst and columnist for Forbes Sports. At 8 o'clock, Eric Walden, jazz beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune at 9. Brandon Huffman, national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports, joins us at 9.30. Stay with us. it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Kurt Healing from NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com. Looking at the way the West is forming and LeBron James feels like he's starting to hit his ceiling and things are changing. Do you try to just make a run back at what you had? I'd still tweak it a little bit because I don't think the West is getting easier. I think the Suns are more confident now, guys. Kawhi's going to resign and the Clippers will still be very good. The Lakers are going to make changes on the margins. And if LeBron James and Anthony Davis are healthy, they're going to be right in the mix. So, like, I don't think you can just kind of run it back and think that. Going to be like this year. I think the West is so deep with good teams. You don't need to make wholesale changes. This was still the best team in basketball during the regular season and still fully capable of making a run. But you have to think about are there players or tweaks we need to make that give us a little more versatility in those last 16 games? Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJPK, it's 97.5 and
2: 1280, The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Rough Tough Products. Rough Tough sets the industry standard for custom seat covers for cars, trucks, SUVs, and UTVs. Get the best fitting seat covers for the make, model, and year of your vehicle and do business with a Utah company that's been around since 1976. Check them out today at RoughTough.com. That's RoughTough.com. All right, question of the day, part two. The Utes got commitments from two California high school quarterbacks. Have they broken through? Yes. No. you mean, no? No. Why not? They've gotten commitments from high school, California high school quarterbacks before. Are these the guys who are going to come in and hit home runs? And the are, answer would be definitely maybe. And we don't know. So I guess the answer is yes or no. The answer is definitely maybe.
3: Oh, well, you said no. So they're not sure. They offered scholarships
2: to them, but they're not sure if they're good. They think they're good, but they also know that everybody misses on one out of three recruits. I mean, are one of these guys going to be the next Travis Wilson. We need define that as breaking through. I mean, is there going to be the next quarterback who transfers out before we hardly know anything about him or see him play? They've had that story. Or will it be the quarterback who comes in and plays pretty well, but then loses his job before his senior year because they're bringing in another young hot shot that we haven't heard of yet, who they're a year away from signing? Because we've seen that story. Yeah, that was a transfer, though. He was a JC transfer, yes. So that, that.
3: not a hot shot. Yeah. Bounce back. Right. That was a get beat. Get beat out and coaching changes and whatnot. No, I think this is significant development, that you're getting two prominent quarterbacks when you rarely did that before. Now, will they pan out? I can't tell you. But that's not really the point.
2: They're recruiting a higher level of kid, but the higher level of kid can still not pan out.
3: Yeah, well, one of them isn't. I mean, they're probably not going to. They're probably not both home runs. Yeah. That doesn't make sense because only one guy can play. But the point I'm making is they had to scrounge in California or anywhere to get top-flight quarterbacks at the high school level. Mm -hmm. So whether they. But now they're beating out ASU and
2: Colorado and whoever else.
3: Well, I would go higher than that. I mean, those two teams haven't done anything.
2: That was who I saw in one of the stories they beat out. A Northwestern, I think one of the kids had taken a trip to Northwestern. This too. is an
3: area, when we've had Riley Jensen on, who's dealt in quarterbacking for many, many years, mm-hmm. talk about how people thought, well, why would I go there? They just hand the ball off, it's cold, and yeah. and they play defense and punt. And that's the negative recruiting the Utes yeah. have been facing for a long time. So when you look at it from this perspective, they are breaking through. So yes, I do think it's a big deal. There it is. Yeah. That's Sweet. Where, that's where I'm going. I can't tell you if one of them is going to be an All-American or second-team All-Conference or going to transfer to the University of Texas. Eventually, some quarterbacks are going to transfer from Utah to the University of Texas instead <laughs> of constantly transferring from the University of Texas to Utah. It's not going to be a one-way. <laughs> <laughs> one-way. It's off in the jet stream.
2: <laughs> the wind will blow you to Utah. Right. That seems to be the uh, so. Here come players. the comments, Brian. Yeah, they recruited a future defensive back and a linebacker. <laughs> oh, that's good news too. No, I think he's saying they're going to move the quarterbacks. I know. Oh, but when Kyle does it, he's right. Yes. Yeah. I was I mean, going to say got, his they've got DBs suggest. and linebackers. They need a big time quarterback.
3: <laughs> right, but you need you need great players, and you'll take them at any position. So the point being, if they do move, a la Paul Kruger and move him. It was a high school quarterback and then an NFL defensive uh, Correct,
2: defensive end. end.
3: So, yeah, so that nothing wrong with that. Jeff says, yeah, they broke through to get a quarterback
2: to hand the ball off 50 times a game. Ha, 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 ha.
3: See, look where they were when they first came into the conference. They were a quarterback in, what, Jordan Wynn, who had a sore arm. And... Yeah. Then they Jacked were... shoulder,
2: yeah. Uh, then they had a D2 transfer. Uh,
3: what was it? John Hayes. D2. Right? Yep. And Travis Wilson played, but then they went and they messed around with a uh, Oklahoma guy and Thompson. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Didn't really work out. Went back to y- Travis. Yeah, so you bounced around there, and you, you weren't even sure who was starting week to week. It's amazing that they won any games on that situation, you know, where... You weren't. If you have to change because of injury, so be it. But that wasn't the case. They were changing because uh, they didn't like the way he handed the ball off. <laughs> I can remember I had Travis alone after the ASU game that they lost in overtime, and they were making a change the next week. And I asked him as far as, you know, do you think that you were given enough time or enough opportunity to show what you can do? And he sort of looked at me, and he raised his eyebrow, and I thought, You know, if I pursue this line of questioning, I can get what I want, but I'm not going to because it's not fair to the kid. Kid. Because I know, and boy, I knew before I got off the field that night how bad the play calling was and how unfair it was to Travis and that they were going to change. So I'm on the field at the end of the game, and we walk towards the north end zone and up the tunnel, and I probably had seven guys – and not just players, say stuff to me because how furious that was. They blew that game. They should have won that game. They should have won that game easily, as a matter of fact. And they were going to make a change. Well, they were just flipping coins at that point. So the quarterback position has been so unstable. And if they can find stability, and I don't know that either of these kids is going to amount to anything, but what I do know is that they're breaking down some doors and perceptions, opening some doors and breaking down perceptions, changing them, and that's important because if you do that, and at some point you're going to get a stud out of California or here locally, wherever, nobody cares where the kid's from. Uh, and Back have, to the jazz conversation. And have big, Just win, baby. And have big uh, quarterback production. That's the goal. That's the point.
2: DJ and PK, we're broadcasting live from Jeremy Ranch. We are joined now by Jason Anderson, Director of Sales, Deseret Digital Sales. He's here at Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce having their golf tournament. So for people who don't know, Digital Sales
4: Director, what do you do? Sum that all up in like 30 (laughs) seconds. Ready? And go. I manage people. I help people find success and find answers to the problems that they have. That's what I do. Oh, you got a minute? (laughs) So, how big is your sales team? Uh, we've got a sales force of about uh, twenty-five to thirty people, and uh, they're all different verticals—from from automotive sales to home sales to classified sales to advertising, and media, marketing.
3: Well, well digital's just
4: uh, kind of scratching
3: the surface, isn't that the way everything's going to go? Oh yeah,
4: oh yeah. It's well, the, the the ability of what you can do with with data and and harvesting that data and utilizing it. To target audiences that you really want to hit, it makes sense. You know, if I'm an automotive guy and I need to hit people that are looking for an F-150, I have the ability to do that.
2: As opposed to the old days of broadcasting where you just cast the wide net and you find the show that's got however many thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and try to tip it towards those sports. Because, hey, there's guys 25 to 44 who are going to drive trucks.
4: Correct absolutely and you know it it, it works for a lot of people sometimes it doesn't work it's it it is still advertising you know and uh, sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and and the idea is that you keep trying and keep refining and and, and tooling your mix so that it 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 generates the kind of result you need so
3: how big is what you've done when say a few years ago in terms
4: of improvement and where is this going Mm -hmm. so that's a good question when I first started we were we were averaging about a million users a month on KSL, and now we're looking at about uh, six and a half to seven million users on a monthly basis, and over one point two billion ad impressions that we run every single month. Uh, we harvest so much data it could fill the Library of Congress twice. <laughs> I mean, it's it, there's there's so much data that you harvest out of it. KSL.com is 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 one of the largest largest news publishers in all of North America and so so it's it's on us to be able to utilize that data in the right way for the for the betterment of of the advertisers that that come on I
3: know they have some great writers who write for ksl.com nice
2: (laughs) (laughs) so you've got all this data that could fill a couple libraries of Congress but what really matters is the business is raising their profile absolutely so how do you take all of this, and get the right data to the right business, yep. because when that person pays you, just as in TV or radio, yep. newspaper, magazines, back in the day, how does that? How does that translate to that business? To the person? small mom
4: and pop shop yeah. that's trying to generate an ROI. Well, it's 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 kind of a it's not a perfect science, but what we do is we sit down with that business and find out who is their core audience, what kind of behaviors are they. Are they exp- or showing, um, and and we try and match that up to the audience profiles that we that we build out with KSL.com, and once we match those, we send out their messaging and we, we place targeting pixels and tracking pixels to be able to follow them, and they as they utilize KSL.com, whether it be on KSL.com or off of KSL.com, and we follow them with that message of that business. And based off of the analytics that we get off that, that will determine if we're getting the kind of ROI that uh, that, that small mom and pop shop needs. And the digital audience is different, right? Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: historically, it's all been kind of regional, you know, as far as a TV or radio signal goes. But you have people who've been in Utah and are yep. tied for one reason or another, and the jazz fan who moves to, for work to Florida or London – Digitally, yep. TV, the, radio, desert. Digital. Absolutely. I mean, everybody in this market who's in the media yep. who has a website has that jazz fan checking in from London or Barcelona,
4: yep. or Madrid or Salt Lake City. At, you, you hit it right on the nail, and I mean, obviously, there's more than six million people that, or there's there, there's, not as, there's not six million people that live in the state of Utah. Mm-hmm. So we're obviously drawing from Nevada, from Arizona, Idaho, California. Arizona, Colorado. We're we're the, we're the Intermountain West, we're, that's, that's what we target and that's what we try and hone in on, but you're correct, we do pull in audiences from New York and Florida and Boston and everywhere else because they, they move and they, they trust KSL and the, and the brand and, and it's, uh, as PK said, it's, it's got some good riders. And they want to follow those drivers. <laughs>
2: no, don't suck up. James. Hey, that's what I do. You're
4: just more... I'm a sales guy. You're we just... suck up to people. Now you're becoming the problem, <laughs> not the solution. <laughs> All
2: right, well, have a good day up here golfing at Jeremy Ranch. Thank you. It's a good event. You're beating the heat, right? Get up in the mountains, and there you go. That's the idea. Jaden Anderson joining us, and uh, Deseret digital media sales and spend a few minutes with us good luck thanks you guys dj and pk it's 97 5 and twelve eighty. the zone coming up next the nba playoffs the clippers trying to fight off elimination milwaukee is up two to one the suns are up three to one and coming up next we'll talk with shane young nba analyst and columnist for forbes sports stay with us